G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and we've got something a little bit different for you this week. Matt is on honeymoon, so joining me today is good friend of the podcast, Brody. How you doing today, buddy? Uh, dude, you've got me in at the wrong time, actually. I'm not doing too... Not as well oh, as no. You. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, not to toot my own home, but I've had, been having a very good fantasy year. All right. And all right. I have just come off my worst weekend by <laughs> far, just catapulted, like, the wrong way. Oh, and, no. Uh, which is really, you know, funny because... Opposing me on the other side of the desk, we have Christian, who's just had a monstrous week. So All hail, Christian. Oh, oh my God, that was an incredible round of fantasy footy <laughs> for me. I, I broke 2,400 for the first time this week, and I think 2,450-ish or something like that. I finished 15th overall for don't the round. Don't act like you don't know. Oh, like... no, I know the exact numbers. <laughs> the exact numbers and the exact rankings. And so that brought me back up for, I think I was ranked about... 3,100 or so, that yeah. brought me into the top 900, so... I think we literally had a reversal, because I was sitting <laughs> at about 900, and now I've gone to about 3,000, oh, no. so we just traded places. Oh, um, mate, well, we brought you in a good week for me then, so yeah. I'm going to enjoy this podcast, and we're going to dive straight into the games, because we've got a lot to get to, the buys are coming up next week, mm. it's finally here, we've got a lot of fantasy footy stuff to get into. So the first game of the weekend last week was North Melbourne versus the Tigers, so, I tipped Richmond, but I thought North Melbourne would put up a little bit of a fight, but not this much. I mean, this was incredible. 99-62 in the end. Uh, Zerha, Zebel back in the middle. You know, players of that ilk just absolutely dominated the Tigers. Now, we've always had a bit of an argument, you and me, between where Jack Zebel belongs, yeah. uh, what his best position is both for the team and also just on a fantasy footy level. What did you think of his game this weekend? Just before we touch on Jack Zebel, I just want to draw <laughs> attention. If you skip about thirty seconds back on the podcast, anyone, there may be a bit of a you know a cut and error in recording. Christian misspoke and then automatically has just gone back, rewound the tape, removed any error that he has put out there. The magic of editing. Spoken as if nothing has happened. The magic of editing. I just want to know if like there's any calls you've erased in the past now or just anything you've got wrong. And you just... I've never gone back in the po- <laughs> I've never gone back and edited a podcast uh, post it being released, but there's been a lot of bad calls made <laughs> mid-podcast that have been erased. Yeah, let's not draw attention to those. Oh, God. Um, but back to the point of the actual fantasy footy-related point of Jack Zebel. Um, so your point is, you know, his best position is a midfielder. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic there. He scores well when he's there, um, which totally makes sense. I, I agree with, you know, kind of those points. I think he is the best midfielder on North Melbourne's team. Yeah. The thing is, to me, he's a very good forward, um, very hard matchup, very good overhead for his size. And if he was on a good team, he could be a 40-goal-a-year forward. Interesting. His, his best position is midfield. He is better than any North Melbourne midfield is. Mm-hmm. But the replacement value from taking away Zeeble and putting in a DeMont, putting in a Jed Anderson, it's not massive. But putting Zeeble in over a replacement level third tall is awesome. So yeah. That's kind of the argument there, but I totally see your point, and he's way better for fantasy purposes as a midfielder. One hundred percent, and only realistically if he has that forward uh, DPP, because if he is a, a midfielder in fantasy and he is uh, playing obviously as a midfielder, he's, he'll still only average around about a hundred, maybe bang on, maybe slightly Even, under about ninety eight, ninety nine, five or so. Yeah. yeah, that's a realistic expectation. So if he's a forward, that is very close to the top end. But if he's a midfielder, he's way back in the pack. So. 
Uh, yeah, with this year's DPP addition as a forward, he's very valuable if he's playing that role. It looks like under Reshaw he will be. So maybe Brad Scott just threw in that little uh, FU to fantasy coaches on his way out and hopefully he spends the rest of his time in the midfield, particularly over the bias. It does make him an attractive proposition this week, even though he just had the 48 mm-hmm. the, the, the previous, because he has the round 14 buy, which is probably the best buy for fantasy purposes. And as a 95 to 100 averaging forward, that's going to put him in the top six, if not very close. Oh, absolutely. So it is actually an interesting dilemma for those who don't have him. As dirty as it feels, it may be worthwhile <laughs> doing. It's, it's not a bad thing to have a look at. He's not quite as underpriced as he was a few weeks ago, but he is still cheap. However, there are a couple of other forward primos we'll mention a little bit later in the podcast who are really underpriced for what they can deliver. So some of the other North Melbourne players to take a quick look at. It's a lot of draft guys. I mean, we always say this every single week, and players like, you know, Zerha was terrific this week, maybe in a deep keeper league for a, a stashable position. You know, he might be one to have a look at. Uh, same with LDU, uh, Jai Simpkin, these sort of guys are keeper stashes at best. Um, and then even some of you guys like Ben Cunnington's underperforming a little bit this year compared to what he has done previously. Uh even Higgins, you know, not, he's consistently scoring close to 90s as a midfielder. There's, there's, there's just no one to look at. There's no one of relevance for no. me. So <laughs> we, we get, we're going to move past that and go on to the Tigers. There's a couple of guys to look at here. Are you at all interested in Basha Hawley, or is it just the worry about the injuries? Because Matt and I have been saying every single week, you know, he's putting up great scores, but those hammies, oh, sooner or later, they're going to give out. I, I, I see that why you would be worried mm-hmm. but in a, in a two trade or at this point in time three trade a week format you kind of have to throw caution to the wind a bit and I feel like still consider him even though there is that overlying risk that yeah. he gets injured um, especially it's not like he's a midfielder where you have a wealth of other options mm-hmm. It's Basha Hawley, and he's putting up 110 as a defender. It's incredible at the moment what he's doing. He's playing on absolutely no one. He's taking almost every single kick in as well, so he's getting that extra plus three every time they kick the ball back in. I, I'm i really keen to go out and grab him this week because he's still underpriced based on what he's putting up. He is still relatively cheap. So, And he's playing through until... He's got the round 14 by, he's doesn't he? He's got the he? round 14. So Richmond is someone you should be really keeping a close eye mm-hmm. on. Um, in addition to Hawley, we have Dustin Martin, Dusty. who I think is one of the best forward options right now. When he first got forward status... You, I, don't, I believe you and Matt both weren't interested. Not at all. And I don't think anyone in the league was particularly interested. I totally agree. But now he's put up, what, 300s on the trot? Mm-hmm. He's gone back to that 2017 form. And all of a sudden, I'm interested in Dustin mm-hmm. Martin. And he may be a priority for me to bring in this week. Interesting. See, I I watched a lot of this game on Friday night. And I was a little bit worried about Dusty for fantasy. He put up a great score on yep. the night. But Koch came back in, played his role back in the midfield, and Dusty needed to get three goals mm-hmm. in order to get up to that 105. Yeah, very true. I was a little bit worried by that because he was playing a lot more in the midfield the couple of weeks beforehand when he was scoring well. So, yeah. look, I, I'd still be keen on him because he is he's in that sort of beast mode, you know, where it doesn't matter where he's playing, he's just dominating. But that could go backwards and he could be placed in the forward line for 60-70% of the game. And if that happens, he's just not going to get enough of the ball to get the scores that you want to put, you know, you want him putting on your park. So um, it's a little bit of a wait and watch for me. Like, for example, Dusty Martin, I believe at the moment, is around the same price as Paddy Dangerfield. 
there's a lot of coaches who jumped off Patrick Dangerfield before his injury or during his uh, injured period. Would you prefer Danger or Martin to get in right now, even though Danger has the round 13 bye? Once you're you're bringing buys into the equation, I would rather Dusty Mm -hmm. solely because the 14 is better and then you can bring in Danger off the 13 while he's still cheap. Yeah. So... From that perspective, from a player evaluation perspective, it's Dangerfield and it's not close. 100%. Yeah. But uh, just taking the buys into account, if you were doing the trade, if you wanted to move on a forward this week, say like a, a Willem Drew, if you've still got him, or a uh, even like a James Warple, who's made the money, he's made the cash, uh, if you don't want him to play the last couple of buy rounds for your team, then you, know, you could look at a Danger, you could look at a Martin... And I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I reckon I would look at Martin first because of that round 14 buy. It's juicy. It's purely on your structure. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting in a situation where right now you already have, for example, 19, 20 players who are playing in round 13, go get Danger. That's a fantastic acquisition, but... I'm not. I, I mean, I have issues. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, it sounds like you've got a couple of issues, but we're not going to get into that. Um, so there, there's a lot of other Richmond players who are very interesting from a draft point of view. Brandon Ellis is one to quickly bring up from a salary cap point of view because a lot of people got tempted by him. Uh, he was very underpriced. I think it was about 620 when he was putting up a couple of back-to-back hundreds. Mm-hmm. He's gone backwards a little bit. He's gone 80s two weeks in a row. I don't think that's too much of an issue. I don't think you need to rush to get him out of your salary cap team, especially during the buys. Wait and see what he puts up in the next two weeks. That totally would be my agree. advice. Totally agree. I wouldn't be panicking. There no. should be far bigger issues. If he was getting people. 50s or 60s, yeah. I'd be more worried. But those 80s, that's enough. I mean, Hearn has put up you know, back-to-back 80s. and uh, Tom Stewart's put up 80s. Exactly. So yeah, it's... Those are guys you want in your squad at the end of the year. It just—it only seems bad because you have rookies doing so well in doing <laughs> yeah. stack. Um, but yeah, I would be keeping Brandon Ellis, especially mm-hmm. given his buy round. It's no issue. Oh, one hundred percent. So, uh, any other Richmond players you like the look of there, mate? Just um, on Liam Baker, mm-hmm. he's been exceptional since he came into the team. He really has. It's like, been incredible what he's put up. I would, in a keeper league, float an offer out for him because he hasn't got name value. No, and I think that. What the role he's putting, he's playing, should continue to give him forward status in the future. Mm-hmm. And he's twenty years old, and he wasn't a high draft pick, so people would probably be willing to let go of him. So they've got so many of those type of players. We've said that for years, but I mean, they've still got players like Castagna in there. Higgins is still coming through. Obviously, mm-hmm. Baker's there too. Um, there were a couple that they let go in the uh, the trade period. Yeah. I think like Lloyd, for example. But they've still got so many of those types. I be worried about him a little bit okay. keeping forward status but if he plays when with Cochin coming back in if he plays that half forward role for the rest of the year then yes I guarantee he will have forward status again next year so and if he does he'll be very valuable in 2020 100% in your leagues um, okay move on to the next game of the round which was Magpies versus the Dockers I mean this was just another classic Sonny Walters two times in two weeks that was incredible did you get a chance to watch this as a Frio fan mate of course I watched it I loved did you it. watch it on repeat <laughs> late at night <laughs> just the last two minutes hey, yeah um, oh. no, fantastic game uh, Frio played really well which they feels did. strange to say yeah away from home <laughs> as well so 
it's very, very different to the Freo of old. And, yeah. you know, quite attacking at parts of the game as well. So just some of the fantasy players. Nat Fife was fantastic, 122. He's looking the goods this year. Uh, Sonny Walters, we just mentioned, 103. He's actually doing very well as a forward. He's a very good point of difference to have in your forward line for salary cap leagues. I mean, he should be gone in every single draft league. That's no question whatsoever. But for salary cap leagues... Very interesting as your sixth forward POD. Yeah, well, that's the thing with these round 12 players. The downside is, you know, they're, they're not playing this round. Of course. But for someone like Walters, who no one has, you have an opportunity to bring him in after round 12, mm-hmm. get him through the buy rounds, and no one else will have him. Exactly. It's a, it's a tantalizing prospect. I don't think I have the balls to deal no, with that. No, I, I think that the iffy thing for me would come down to the question of someone like Billings or Sonny Walters. And this week, I'm thinking, hell, I want Sonny Walters in my team. I don't want Billings in my team anymore. But track record and what Billings was doing at the start of the year, the role he's playing, realistically, you'd think that Billings will do better by the end of the year than Walters. I I feel Billings is a lot safer for mine, even though it's Billings. And I I bring up those two because they're sort of the players that you would look for your fifth or sixth forward. I think the top three or four are pretty much locked in. You know, players like Boak, Danger, Kelly... But it's those back-end players that can, you can get a little bit of a point of difference there. You can. Um, some of the other players, Connor Blakely. Good game from him after a little bit of a slow start. I'd be, obviously, with the bye this week. Um, I wouldn't be looking at bringing him in this week. But give him another week for me. I'm not rushing him in in round 13 after his bye. A lot of people are talking about it because he is so underpriced. But I want to see this again. Yeah, likewise. I, I wouldn't be rushing him anywhere near him. He's someone zone. I had huge hopes for pre-season. Mm. If he plays half-back, he'll probably be like flat 90, which is great. That There's safety in that. What I want to see, and I hope once he builds up his fitness coming off the injury, is he plays some inside midfield because that's where he's got the real potential to be a top five, top three defender. So that's something to monitor because if you see that role change, bring him in straight away. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Luke Ryan had a down week this week, 67 from him after a couple of smashing games. But I look, draft owners would be expecting something like this. He is a bit of a yo-yo player. Yep. And if you were thinking about rushing Ryan into a salary cap team... Just don't do it. He's very, very up and down. The standard deviation there is off the charts. So you want more consistency in your back line. Yep. Um, even if you know he's got the ability to put up 130s, yes, he does. But he also will consistently bring 65s and 70s into your team. Yep. He's not a salary cap player for me. Not at this point. Not at this point in time. When he puts on a stretch of you know four or five weeks of doing that... That changes things a little. But so far, it's been a couple of hundreds followed by one or two, you know, in the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. particularly this year. Um, there's not too many other Frio yeah, players that I'd be super keen on. I could quickly touch on. Mm-hmm. The first being Andy Brayshaw. Um, this, he got forward eligibility. So if you play in a league which has the position changes, I think he's a really, really good pickup. Yeah, he's, draft, draft pickup. Only sure. if you have him, if he has that forward status. Mm-hmm. This was his best game for the season from a real life standpoint, not fantasy. Hopefully that gives him more midfield minutes. He was playing a better role this week. He yeah. definitely was. And the other guy I like as a potential free agent or waiver, waiver <laughs> is Taylor Jaman. 
I think that... Ta- is his first name Taylor? I, yeah. no, I had no idea what his first name is. <laughs> that I mean, is everyone just, just calls him Demand, right? <laughs> so, like, there's no need to ever use his oh first God. name. Um, but that's three scores in a row at a, of about 74 or higher. So, not bad. Yeah, he's someone who's shown an ability to score. Fremantle chip it around a lot in the back half. Mm-hmm. It's a really good, like, bench defender. Yeah. And good for deep upside. leagues. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Okay, so on the Magpie side of the ledger, I mean, Scotty Pendlebury just gets it done year after year. We don't need to talk about him too much. Brody Grundy, with an ankle injury, still found his way to 112, which is huge for me. He was going quite slowly to start off the game. Now... I don't think there's an issue. He hasn't been labelled on the injured list. I don't he has. Th- hey, so he's so a test, yeah, is he? I, I checked it before the podcast. That's I've got the injured. researchers up to. Is, it, is that it? So uh, he's so just he's been labelled as a test? No, he's actually TBC to be confirmed. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I've just brought it up here. But so. fortunately in the comment below, it says something to the effect of like, he should be still good for Monday. It's just a little uncertain at this wow. point. So, um... Hope I'm sure we will get news on that, and I feel like it's pretty clear cut. If Brody Grundy is out, yeah, you you trade him to Wits because he's. I don't think he's going to be out for a week with that sort with with an ankle injury. They tend to last a little bit longer if it's that soft tissue injury or syndesmosis or something like that. They tend to be at least three weeks, maybe four weeks. So if he's got an ankle injury, I would trade. You have to. to to and just downgrade to Wits, who's got a good buy, and you make a little bit of money there. You can use that somewhere else during your buys, and you ha- you look to get him back in. If he's listed as you know a test going into this week, I don't think you trade. Even some people will say, "Oh, he could be a late out," you know, something like that. I, I'd keep him in your side. You've got to hang on to Grundy. If he's named, most will hold, putting mm-hmm. you in the same boat as everyone else. If he is out or they're saying he's doubtful you probably have to make that move yeah. because it's not like one donut or one emergency covering you in previous weeks over the buy rounds it's essentially three donuts oh yeah so it's just something you can't afford to do and as you mentioned with Wits he's got the round 14 buy it's the best option you can grab Grundy back in two weeks mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but it's the best thing you can do. It's just all we can hope for. Uh, so some of the other players there. Jeremy Howe was good, but once again, the Collingwood halfback line is just so up and down. Crisp was a little bit down this week with an 84, and God knows what's happening with Langdon at the moment. He's injured at the moment, isn't he, yeah, Langdon? Yeah, so, but he was, he was performing quite poorly before that as well. And yeah, we've got he's playing lockdown. Sharon Berg obviously played his first game in the VFL, which was terrific to see, but when he comes back into this side, which may not be for a month or so, It'll be interesting to see how that affects the dynamic of their halfbacks. So yep. it's a bit of a wait and see with Collingwood's halfback line. Um, Trelaw is the the point I want to bring up here. So this is a 74 from him. And we know that Taylor Adams is due to come back in one to two weeks. Now, Dane Beams has just gone down injured. Injured? So, yeah, you, so, I haven't seen this. Yeah, so this was just put out about 10, 15 minutes before we started the podcast. He's going to miss several weeks with it. what... Sounded like a hip injury. So he's gone in for surgery. Now, so obviously Taylor Adams will slot straight back in in one to two weeks. But, and Sire might get a game here or there until Adams comes back in. He was best on in the VFL on the weekend. When Adams does come back in, do you think that will affect Trelaw's scoring? Because in the past it has. It's had a massive effect on it. Well, it it definitely does have an effect on his Mm. score. It cannot be a good thing. I don't know how... Because he still plays what seems to be the same role. It's just, I don't know, maybe it is just that too many mouths to feed. 
But if Beams is out, which I'm just hearing now, mm-hmm. then you would anticipate that actually that should offset the Adams inclusion. And all of a sudden, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. I would be worrying about Tremor if they were both playing. But mm-hmm. I feel like Beams has been playing predominantly midfield. So I don't really think. I think yeah. it cancels each other so, out. So it's a, it's a hold there. So you don't have to stress. Like, Trelaw is the sort of player that if he's in form, you want in your team at the end of the year. You want him in your team in finals. But we've seen that he can put up consistent, you know, 80s and 90s when uh, he's playing in the same side as Adams. So we'll wait and see what happens without Beams in the side. But it is definitely a hold. So a lot of people are, you know, rage trading him at the moment after that 74. Don't do it. No. He's too good of a player to leave on the scrap heap. Um, so yeah, I think that's all the uh, Collingwood players that I really wanted to bring up, unless you had some to uh, to talk about quickly. Nope. So we're going to go over to the GWS Gold Coast game. And, I mean, they beat them considerably, but this could have been much, much worse. I mean, they got a lot of these points in the last quarter and a half of the game. Gold, Gold Coast actually kept it fairly, you know, contested for the first quarter or so. Uh, but, you know, Stephen Cornelia, 192. You can't not mention that just quickly off the bat. It was absolutely incredible. Does that mean he's getting the uh, tag next up with Whitfield being out of the side? No. You know how I am. Yeah, you're, you're a listener to the podcast and you, you're the same as Matt. You don't stress as much about the tags coming. I'm very, very hesitant when there, there's a clear-cut guy for a tag in a, a team that I'm not a big fan of bring, rushing them straight into your side. He's playing against Adelaide this week, who generally stick Cam Ellis Yolman onto a player, and it's not a tight tag, it's just more of a run with roll and looking after them at clearances. I think that'll be Stephen Canilio this week now, particularly with Whitfield out. But would you agree that Josh Kelly is a better player than Stephen Canilio? I don't necessarily agree that. See, I think I I, I will go Josh Kelly all day of the week there. So I'm a Stephen Canelio man. Okay. I, I love Canelio. I I like what he does. I mean, both are incredible players and close to within the top 10 of the competition, if not well entrenched in the top 10 for whoa, me. Whoa, 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 whoa. The AFL player ratings told me that Stephen Canelio is not AFL in the AFL player ratings. players in the competition. Are genuinely trash. <laughs> they are garbage. So Next, uh, you're going to say Tim Kelly's not the 70th best player in the oh competition. Oh, my God. That's, it's absolutely ridiculous some of the way that... I mean, I guess, yes, they have to go over two years' time. It gets backtracked. But at the ver- at the moment, Stephen Cornelio is one of the better players in the comp. Yes, he has an injury every now and then. He's been dealing with a finger problem. But before that, he was tearing apart the competition. So, you know, when he's fit and firing, he's incredible. Josh Kelly, just as awesome. I mean... They, they do play slightly different roles. I'd say Cornelio's a better clearance player and Kelly is better on the outside as, as more of a a wing role, you know, a hard running role as well. But they are both incredible and you want them both in your fantasy side, I would say, at the end of the year. You want all three of the big GWS boys, Whitfield, Cornelio and Kelly, I would definitely have in my side at the end of the year. Yeah, the thing about GWS, as much as I want those players... At the moment, they've had their scores padded a bit through some mm-hmm. easy matchups, but they've really beat up on the last three or four teams they've versed. So to, you're bringing them in at their highest point. Mm. Well, still Cornelio's not at his highest point. Cornelio is actually quite cheap. He only he made his True. 150 break even on the back of 192. Yep. So he is still he's very very cheap, and Fair a lot point. of people would be very tempted by him this week. 
definitely go out and bring him in because mm-hmm. he's underpriced. He's got the round fourteen buy. It's terrific for your buy structure. I mean, it's just a great option for me. So if you're looking for a midfielder this week, it's Stephen Cornelia all the way. Um, some of the other guys, just to quickly bring up, Toronto was down this week. I. I don't have an explanation for it. He's been terrific all year, and it was against Gold Coast, and they were absolutely tunning up in the last quarter. I think it's just a little bit of, you know, Jacob Hopper got off the leash in this game. He got more of the extra plus sixes around the ground, and it was just a little bit of a too-many-mouths-to-feed situation. Yeah, Taranto's a gun. I just, I don't have the confidence that he's a top eight mid, even though he's put up those numbers This so This far. year, I wouldn't say no. so, no. But he's the ultimate luxury trade. You don't need to trade him out until like the last month of the yeah, season, if at all. Like, he's that good, so... Absolutely. Um, you just get this every now and then. He's a third-year player, mm-hmm. so... And, and that's the thing. He is a third-year yeah. player, and people were talking about him as if you need him in your top eight midfielders yep. at the end of the year. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. I mean, kid. he still may be in that top eight, you know what I mean? Like Very well he, could be. Yeah. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, okay, we'll talk about him just quickly. So he's out for three to four weeks with a shoulder. Just just quickly, this is probably the biggest issue facing like, <laughs> all fantasy coaches this week. I brought him in this week. Do you have him? Did you? No, I don't have I Lockie Whitfield. I got him Whitfield. this week, yeah, just summed up my rounds. No, I couldn't. So one of the reasons why I did better this week in uh, in salary cap uh, is because I had I was 20k off of affording Whitfield. I hate you. I would have bought him in, but I bought in Josh Kelly instead because I thought, I want Josh Kelly in my side at the end of the year. I want Whitfield to, can't afford him, I'll bring in Kelly. So I was a little bit kissed there, and Kelly ended up getting 140. So. All right. I've got a few replacement options for right. Whitfield. Because right. you do need to trade him. You can't hold for three weeks, especially during the buy. It's too long. Okay, so your first option is the aforementioned Basher Hawley. Yeah. He's sitting like 725k. Mm-hmm. Averaging 110 for the year, 115 in his last five. He's he's just going great guns. It's amazing. Your secondary option, he's 45k cheaper, which seems really weird to say, but mm. it's Rory Laird. I know, he's... He's cheaper than Hawley. Oh last God. five, going at 100. Mm-hmm. A low of 94 in mm-hmm. that time, and 98 for the year. Who would Jeez. you go, Hawley or Laird? Because I think they're the top two options. I would go Laird for 45k cheaper to keep some money in the buy. Oh, Laird's got the round 13 buy, doesn't he? No, no, they're the same. They're both the, oh, then I would go Laird, 100%. Save a little bit more cash. You're buying one at the lower end. Uh, I think Laird will get better. I mean, he's coming off of 110 last keep week. Keep in mind, Hawley went up 45k this week alone. So he's going Whoa. to continue. So it's like if you want him... If you this want, is the right. last chance to get him cheap. I'm, I'm team Laird, for the record. Mm-hmm. That's who I'll be going. Just, but that's just a counterpoint. I'm, s- I'm still on the Laird side of things. I'd rather buy on the very bottom end. And I I know I know it's ridiculous to say because the guy's averaging just so damn well and he's on the park yep. every single week. But there's just something in the back of my head with Bashar Hawley about just soft tissue injuries. He's had so he many has. of them in the past. Mm-hmm. And it sucks when you cop a hamstring in the middle of a game, especially in buys. So... If I had to choose between the two, it'd be Laird. Okay, perfect. Now, for the really lucky people out there who somehow have both of them or have <laughs> some adverse reaction to Basha Hawley, do any of these guys interest you at all? all okay, right. Heath Shaw, without Whitfield, 
going at 101 in his last five. No, because Zach Williams comes back into the side this week. Okay. And I'd be interested to see how that affects his role. Sure. Brandon Ellis, 91 in his last five. Uh, I, I don't mind Brandon They're Ellis. 14 by, that's really the reason. Don't, so. don't mind it, but I think he's a similar price to Laird. Okay. So, oh, so if you already have Laird in that situation, I'd prefer him over Shaw, I'll just say that. I prefer Ellis to Shaw. Jack Crisp? Yeah, 96 Crisp, in the last five. Crisp would be high, higher than the both of the last two you mentioned to me. But he's got the 13 by, so that's the downside. Yeah, him. it's unfortunate, but still, I would prefer him in the long run. You And you want your team to look the best it possibly can mm-hmm. after the buys as well. You don't want a, a Frankenstein sort of mix-and-matched bandaged squad that yep. you've desperately tried to keep together over the buys. If you do have to take a little bit of a hit, it might suck in round 12 or round 13 or whenever it is for you, but you want your team to be better than it was at the end of the buys mm-hmm. than it was going in. Okay, last one quickly. This is left field. Zach Williams... <laughs> I thought you might bring this up. He went at 94 without Lockie Whitfield. He was doing very, very well without Prior Lockie to his injury, he was killing it, and he'd be the ultimate point of difference. Yeah. Perfect buy. Whitfield's out for four to six. Mm-hmm. So you have someone who's probably going to go over 90 for yep. the next six weeks. I'm still... Per- and he's significantly cheaper. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I just... I would rather have Crips, or Crisp in my side. I, I, I just feel like I want... To have a guy, I want to bring a guy in that, if possible, I would be keeping, after, you know, in my final six defenders. So, and Crisp seems like your last defender that you would have, yeah. that sort of POD player. Fair enough. Um, and Williams is just someone that you're going to have to trade again later on. So, mm. yeah, for me, I would be bringing Crisp first, then I would bring in Ellis, then Williams, then Shaw. That Perfect. would be my list. Well, that's how you, that's who you trade Whitfield to. Listen to that, yeah, guys. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and obviously no, Hawley and Laird are above those Laird two as well. Laird for me one, then Hawley two. And if for some reason you don't have Lloyd, just yeah, yeah, yeah Lloyd would be number one because yeah. surely everyone has Lloyd. Um, in their side. The same principles apply if you have Shannon Hearn because mm-hmm. he has to go this week, barring him being named, yeah, um, which is unlikely. They're the guys you're looking at. You could potentially go a Sisley or Blakely if mm-hmm. you want to bring in someone on by because. You don't have any round 12 defenders, which is what I've seen with a lot of teams. So maybe that's an option, but you are copping a zero this week or, yeah. or a, a, a worse player. Yeah. So. And we'll just quickly touch on the Gold Coast Suns because realistically, the only person that you might be looking at there is Jared Witts. As we said, if Grundy is named injured, that TBC against his name is starting to worry me a little bit now. Um, so, geez, some of these bullets right before the buys start. That's just horrible. You know, Whitfield, Hearn. Sloan. Oh, Sloan I have as well. Sloan in, like, every single team. It was Jeez. a big reason why I went down this oh, week. Oh, no, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get yourself up to come into the studio today? Uh, it was rough. Hey? Good effort. I, like, stacked the same players throughout all my leagues. Like, McMillan, I thought he'd have a good year. Sloan, you know, just uh, Patrick Cripps. It is really hard oh, at the moment. God. It's just, like, a shocking We'll touch time. on him later. But just on the Gold Coast Suns, Jared Witts is probably the only one. I'd be looking at. Fiorini's another, but he's a big POD for salary cap. And then from there, it's keeper league guys or draft league guys only. So we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was Geelong and Sydney on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, Geelong got the job done, really, in the end. It was just solid, consistent. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield back in form, 108. Like I said, he's priced at around about 650. He's very cheap. He's got a break-even of 110, though. 
So, you know, even if he has a very good game this week, you can still pick him up after his buy. So after his round 13 buy, and he shouldn't have gone up by too much. Maybe 5 to 10 game, 10K, even if he has an incredible game. Uh, some of the other guys, I mean, Tim Kelly just locked in our sides until the end of the year. He is absolutely incredible. Top six forward all the way, maybe even a top two forward. Uh, and from there on, yeah, Tom Stewart, how are you feeling about Tom Stewart from a salary cap point of view? Yeah, I was actually pretty, I was really wary of how Stewart would go with Zach Tui back. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for that is I think Zach Tui is a fantastic kick and he has pace, so he's a really good option for the kicker. They want to get the ball in his hand. And I feel that Tom Stewart's num- downturn, down it, it is. It's a, yeah, it's a downturn. Yeah. Directly correlates with mm-hmm. Tui. So it, it happened pretty much as soon as Tui came back into the side. There's no question about it. Yeah. So, so what what are your feelings? Is he still a top six defender at the end of the year? For me, it's a no. Mm, I'm also a no. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade him out until his buy round. Yeah. If at all. Um, you... You, you can you can hold on to him and hope that it gets better, but for me with Zach Tui in the same side, it's just a little bit too many players down there. I mean, even Jordan Clark is still picking up ball um, off the halfback line and along the wing. Uh, you've got Tui down there. You've got Guthrie who goes in there from time to time. You know, Collar Jasney's down there as well. Yeah, there's just so many of them. Jack Henry plays loose down there sometimes too. So, yeah, without Tui in the side, Tom Stewart was the number one guy. But with him in, I would be very worried if you have him in salary cap. Draft leagues, I mean, yeah, you, you got him in. You rode the uh, the rise at the start of the year, and he's going to average quite well, maybe 85s for the rest of the year, which is great for draft leagues, but not enough for salary cap, unfortunately. Uh, the, uh, the ruck roulette at, um, at Geelong continued with uh, Darcy Fort was dropped last week after playing pretty well for the past two weeks. And Zach Smith was brought in as a last-minute emergency when Reese Stanley went down. So, you know, you just never know who's going to actually play. It's ridiculous there at Geelong. Uh, but I think that their ruck mind games, you can attribute towards them winning this game. That's mm. just, you know, a master strike. Scott, <laughs> that's, so. that's all it is. <laughs> the Scott brothers, just top of their game. Um, although, I mean... Not top sorry. of their game, dude. <laughs> Too soon, man. Come on. Uh, Mitch Duncan was tagged in this game by Jordan... Uh, is it George or Jordan Hewitt? George Hewitt. George Hewitt, yeah. So he was locked onto just a little... Or was it... It might have been Ryan Clark that looked after him. I can't oh, quite actually, remember which yeah, one. Yeah, they both tagged, I'm pretty sure. So let's see which one it was. So it was... It was Ryan Clark looked uh, after Mitch Duncan. Yes. So it was... Um, and it was a good effort. Kept him to 82 and he got some junk time possession towards the end. So... I, these tags might come a little bit more to Duncan because he is more susceptible than guys like Dangerfield, but he's still an incredible fantasy player, Mitch Duncan. I mean, he could have gotten a 60 in this game with a tight tag. He still pulled through for an average score of 82, and he has been putting up consistent 120s all year. He's a gun. He's still in my top eight at the end of the year, for sure. I find it amusing that Ryan Clark is now hurting you in multiple ways. <laughs> His low scores aren't enough. He's now tagging the guys you own. Well, yeah, just we're, like... we're just about to talk about the Sydney Swans, and Ryan Clark isn't going to be one of them. So <laughs> I picked him to have a great year at the start, and he's just he's either not played or he's come in as a full-time tagger and just not scored. Ooh. So. But he's, he's got a spot in the best 22 now as a full-time tagger. And Sydney do that sort of thing. You know, Hewitt played as a tagger for the first two years of his career. And now he's playing as a, uh, you know, inside midfielder, a big-bodied inside midfielder. Maybe in a couple of years, Ryan Clark will be good. 
But probably not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> it's just my hope. George Hewitt's been really good this year. He has. He's been spectacular. Especially with JPK out. Mm-hmm. The fact that they forced him to go into an inside midfield um, position. He's huge as well. He's a big lad. So he's got a lot of ability to actually get inside the clearances and like and get that ball, get I, those tackles. I do not mind him in like a keeper league. Yeah. If you're like I didn't ever think he was that talented, but he's looked really good to me this year. And I, I would probably try to get him before his price really starts to go. Yeah. So that's one I'm interested in. The other guy who's benefiting from JPK being out is Parker, who's Parker's, probably his best month of the year. Yeah, so. he's been great. So I, I don't think that'll continue, but it's one to look at. Um, if you own Parker, maybe in a draft league, you could sell high after a great stretch, uh, and that would be a big get. If you could, I mean, there's got to be a frustrated draft owner of someone like Paddy Cripps. And what that, you have Parker, I have. Cripps. Are you trying to proposition <laughs> what me? What has right happened? Now? <laughs> How has this happened? What a coincidence! But, um, no, so it, there, there would be a lot of frustrated coaches out there with Cripps. Uh, or, you know, players of that ilk who are underperforming. And at the start of the year, if you had said that it was a possibility to trade someone like Parker to some, for someone like Cripps, that would have been unheard of. But oh, at the you're moment... you're not getting that. You're not getting not, that. Not in a keeper league, but in a draft league, in a redraft, that is a legitimate proposal you could give considering what Cripps has done in the past three weeks, how bad Carlton are performing at the moment, and the kind of scoring that someone like Parker is putting mm. up. Like, it's... It is just... Yeah, complete fair. opposites you're, you're right. yeah. in a keeper league no you're not giving you're not up Paddy Cripps for the world yeah. but redrafts yeah that that's an interesting one to put up if you're a Parker owner go out and dangle him a little see what you can get um, is there any other Sydney Swans players you want to bring up quickly? So. It's like Heaney's done this for five weeks now. Do we really it's, want to touch no, him? No, it's like, just awful. Mills is, again, just not doing enough to be considered really in... I mean, draft leagues even, he's an average defender at best. And we thought he would go on to become one of the premier defenders. And if not, move into the midfield and become one of the premier movers there. Uh, Lance Franklin just isn't doing enough. Like we said, Ryan Clark's tagging, so he's not scoring well. There's Yeah, there's just not many others. Jordan Dawson's a good one, though, for keeper leagues. He's been awesome he's this year. He's got forward status, too. So yeah, he's terrific. He's been great. So, next game of the round, Saturday night, Brisbane-Hawthorne. The Lions got up over the Hawks. This was, an, this was a great game. I mean, they were getting absolutely demolished in the first quarter by the Hawks. And they just came back, and there's a solid chance Lions will be playing finals for the first time in forever this year, which is which is really cool. They're the, the perennial underdogs. I always like you know rooting for their Lions, unless they're playing West Coast or Freer. And yeah, they're, they're just a fun team to watch at the moment. They really are. Jared Lyons was up and about this week. That's not going to happen every week, though, guys. He, this is the one good week out of maybe three. So yeah, he's, draft owners just be wary there. Louis Taylor was really good, playing a great role, more in the midfield, a little, or half forward pushing into the midfield, but he was linking up quite a lot, so that was interesting to see. And Lockie Neal, he, he's not performing to what he was at the start of the year. I mean, he was breakout contender for best fantasy player in the league over the first month, maybe five weeks, but yeah, he, he just hasn't been able to continue that on, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so Brisbane... One player that I always come to when I'm having a look at their squad is Ben Keys. At the start of every single year in my keeper league, I think, right, can this be the year that Ben Keys gets up and started? I don't think it's ever going to be the year for Ben Keys. Even in this game, he's a fringe player, comes in for a 56. He was playing up forward quite a bit. 
he's just not going to get the consistent midfield time that he needs to develop. So it'll be interesting to see if he moves clubs at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a tricky one when he plays, you know, predominantly full-time midfield in the, in the AFL. And when you come into Brisbane and play as a forward pocket, mm-hmm. uh, or at least pushing into the midfield at times, yeah. it kind of makes it hard for him to establish a role in there because that's not his position. Exactly. I, I'd pretty much give up on him mm-hmm. also. But... I would be interested if he has a couple scores. I'd pick him up pretty quickly because he's yeah. shown a huge ability to score. All right, now I have put aside a minute or so for you to have a little chat about Alex Witherden because you you mentioned in the uh, the text message chat we have that you you wanted to uh, to just briefly speak on him. I didn't want to briefly speak on him. You brought up how you were going to rage. I think about Jack Billings. Yeah, most likely. And I said, mate, I can top that with Alex Witherden. and he's been <laughs> pathetic. This year, he has sucked. He's been awful. You wouldn't even you wouldn't know this, but his average is actually inflated. The amount of games I've watched where he's been sitting on about 30, mm. 35 at three-quarter time and then chipped it around in the back half while they're winning, <laughs> it's got into some respectable scores. But these last two have not been respectable. No. When I could be starting like Noah Answorth and basically be scoring the same. <laughs> you know about my loot, hey? Like, he, he's playing this week and I still want to trade him. Oh. Like, even if I don't have 18 player players, I want to trade him. It's just irrational. <laughs> it defies logic. I don't get what's going on. Because he was someone who, this year, I think everyone would, would have thought hmm. he'd move up into the 90s. He averaged 97 in the back half of last year. He was going to take a lot of the kick-ins. Brisbane were an emerging team. He's a year older. Like, all these things in his favour. Yep. And he's been the ultimate disappointment. I think Matt and I talked about it briefly last week, and I think it's we really underestimated the Daniel Rich factor there. Yeah, Because Rich... Rich has been incredible this year. Yeah. And from a draft point of view, but... In saying that, he's taken almost, yeah, I'd say 80 to 90% of the kick-ins. There's not that even split like we thought going into the year. And he's not chipping it into the pocket or kicking it 40 meters and giving uh, with it in that plus six like he was getting the past few years. He's just booting it 50, 60 meters and taking that extra 10 meter run out of the square. So... He's just not getting enough of the ball in the back line. So, yeah, Witherden, it sucks for keeper owners, but hopefully this passes. He has to go in fantasy. Yeah, like, in, in salary cap, in redraft leagues, he just has to go however you can get him out. Well, redraft, you kind of can't no, cut you, him. You yeah, can't, you've got to hold him. He's, yeah. a def- he's a lowly defender, but he's still an on-field defender. Yeah, I guess. And in fantasy, the second he has his buy, like once he gets that, I'm I'm moving him. This is his last. Oh, one hundred percent, dude. Absolutely. It, the fun game. He's going to go one hundred and twenty this week as well. What would Witherden need to score this week for me to hold him? <laughs> it's probably about that. One twenty. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Uh, so on the Hawks side of the ledger, Jaeger O'Meara, great score from him this week. One hundred and twelve has been up and down. Uh, copped very little attention this week and, as you can tell, runs rampant. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Warple is just the best mid-pricer almost of the year. He has just averaged between 85 and 99 or so and just made money, kept that money as well, hasn't really fallen backwards even though his break-even has come close to what his average is. He's not losing a truck of load of money so we've been able to keep him a little bit longer. Look, I'm in the the frame of mind right now that I might be actually not trading him out this week even though it's his buy moving some of the other rookies who are on their buy players like you know Will Hayes 
um, so maybe even someone like uh, Hoare, who's injured at the moment. And, and yeah, keeping him in, and he could come back in for rounds 13 and 14, uh, you know, play through the buys and hopefully stay about the same price. And after the buys, I can look to trade Warple out. He's going to be one of my last upgraded guys at the moment. I would agree with that. Mm. He's just he's just playing so well. And he's playing the right role. And during these buys, if he you can keep him in there, take a little bit of a hit this week while he's out. And he's just going to come back big for the next couple of weeks, I think. Um, Sicily, like you mentioned earlier, he's doing well, but is still a POD guy at best. Uh, he's... The, the thing with James Sicily, I don't know how he got off for that um, that little punch. It's probably because it didn't really hurt uh, the Brisbane player enough, and it was also to the body, but I thought that there was a chance he'd get a suspension for that. Sicily is pretty prone to throwing a little bit of a few angry ones in there. Yes, he is. Which you'd know as a keeper owner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, Chad Wingard as well, just quickly on him, uh, injured on 41. It's, it's unfortunate, but he's... It looks like it's just going to take a year or so for him to get over these injuries, get used to the Hawthorne game style, and maybe next year he comes back starting the year even cheaper and uh, and has a really good year for us fantasy coaches. So next game of the round was the Demons and the Crows up there in... Uh, was this Darwin or Alan's, Alice Springs? I always forget. Yeah, you're Not asking Darwin. The <laughs> It was in Darwin. It was in Darwin. Yeah, um, so Demons... Uh, just, just lost to the Crows. I mean, the Crows got out of jail a little bit with Wiedemann's uh, missed shot on goal, which was just so bad. Um, but uh, yeah, for the Crows, Brad Crouch, Tom Lynch, Rory Laird, Atkins, Brody Smith, Jay Kelly all broke the ton. Um, in particular of interest there, Brad Crouch has just been exceptional this year. Now, uh, with Sloan going out and with... Uh, <coughs> excuse me, with... Um, uh, Laird back there, you know, still playing mostly in defence. Uh, Matt Crouch coming back off an injury. Do you think there is a big chance that DeBoer will go directly to Brad Crouch this week? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Um... He's going to tag someone from Adelaide, and you know that would have been Rory Sloan if Sloan was playing. There's no question about that whatsoever. But Sloan being injured, he goes to the next best midfielder, Matt which Crouch for me... Plays. Matt Crouch plays, but he's just... He doesn't have the same influence. I mean, Brad Crouch kicked three goals in this, five tackles. You know, he's still had 29 disposals in that as well. I think Brad Crouch is the more influential midfielder at yeah. Adelaide at the moment. Unless he goes to, like, a Rory Laird and really that's, surprises us. That's a chance, but he's playing mostly in the back line. Yeah, I don't see I the don't ball. Think would. Yeah, I think Brad Crouch is probably the obvious answer. Which but you don't way, you don't trade him. He's still do got one more week. It. Like it, it it's just matter. gonna just be aware. It's yeah. gonna suck if he lines up on him at the start of the game. You're gonna have a bad day. There's just no question about it. Um, and some of those other guys have been spectacular for most of the year. Brody Smith. This was a really good time for him to get 105 for owners. So you can comfortably carry him into his buy round. He's done the job. So in a couple of weeks' time. You can offload him, bring him up to someone like a Hooley or like a Laird, you know, someone like that who you want in your side at the end of the year. And he's been a spectacular mid-pricer for us since the start of the year. Um, yeah, there's not too many others to mention. We've already spoken about Rory Sloan. It sucks. He's uh, injured. He's out for long enough that you need to trade no, he's, him. He's 50-50 for this week. Is he really? Yeah. I thought he was uh, three weeks with a hammy. No. 
oh. said that he's 50-50 for this weekend, which, yeah, throws a wrinkle is, into that. Is that what the... Wow, okay. So, um, it's, it's kind of hard to, to know what to do there. I would be... I mean, if he plays, you hold. If he's out, you probably have to trade. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So, And if he plays, Brad Crouch owners are going to be really happy because Sloan is getting the tag against the ball. There's no question there. So... Uh, Either way, it's going to suck this week. But I actually thought he was out for three. So Rory Sloan's a hold. There's, yep. He's a long-term player. He's a, he looks like a top eight midfielder this year. He's so, been fantastic. Exactly. Just about so my best pick for the you, year. So you're holding. Yeah, There's yeah. no question. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to the uh, the demon side of the ledger. And just, I mean, Gorn, we, we don't need to talk about him every week because he's just a top two Ruckman, no question. Clayton Oliver bounced back this week and fine. He had a good week from a uh, fantasy point of view. He's just not been a fantasy player this year, though, Jack no, Viney. No, I'm not no. a big Viney guy. I don't, I don't no. like injury-prone guys. No, and Angus Brayshaw. So, 91 from him. He was playing a good role right at set of bounces as well. Um, four, uh, he had four clearances in that. So, he is playing more in the middle, or he was this week. I need to see two more weeks of it. I just I need to see it until his bye... And then maybe for a week after. I'm not bringing him in. Even though he's super cheap. I think he's about 580k. You could still bring him in at 650 if he goes a couple of plus 100 scores. And get him there. I find much it funny that you're even like, entertaining the idea. Hey, I like, am because he is... A, so far off. He like, is a fallen premium. But he was a premium. I, I mean, I would not be bringing him in unless I saw two back-to-back weeks of 100 plus scores. And he would have to be cheap. But if he's 650k and he's put up a couple of tons, we know what Brayshaw can do. See, I don't care. I feel like you'd probably agree with this, but I don't actually care what he puts up. I care about his centre bounce attendances. Yeah. And if you point to me and say he's in their top three or, or top two for centre bounce attendances for consecutive weeks, that's when I probably would jump on because if he gets those midfield minutes he will average 110 plus. Agreed, agreed. It's just the fact that he's been playing so much on a wing because it's something he's pretty good at. Mm -hmm. And they have people with limited skill sets like Jack (laughs) Viney, Clayton Oliver, Who are just pure inside midfielders. They can't do anything else. So it makes sense why he's doing it. Um, It's not great for us though. So James Harms is really the one who's come in and, you know, I I don't mean to put a pun in here, but he's really harmed. Brayshaw's scoring ability this year. No, I legitimately, to, I legitimately did not want to do that. But he, yeah, he's you felt real, good about doing it though. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. just a little. Um, but yeah, he's really hurt his scoring ability this year because he is playing so much midfield time. And last year it was more of a you know high half forward role. So we we didn't see that coming at the start of the year, and it sucks for owners. Yeah, um, last, I, Baker. If you missed Oscar Baker. You've got to get him this week. Yeah, I feel. You, you need to. He's I, just really good. He's expensive, but the job security will be very good from mm-hmm. here. And he, he's looked fantastic, especially in the last two weeks. I don't see him moving out of that side unless he has a couple stinkers. Yep. And I've got no issue with trading Lockout, Hart, and Hoare out of your side this week if they are still injured and not playing because they're going straight into the bye next week. You're missing two weeks of them across the bye rounds, and they've made them. They've made a, a lot of money for you each. And, you know, you're going to to get a little bit of cash to upgrade out of them. So, yeah, you can trade them out quite easily this week. We are going to pause there, break the podcast up into two parts. We'll be back shortly with the last three games uh, from Sunday. We're going to answer your questions from Twitter. And, of course, we're playing our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit. You're subbing in for Matt, so there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders, Brody. 
<laughs> I can I can see in your eyes you're worried. No, you're I'm you're not, a little bit scared. Not in the slightest. <laughs> so make sure to join us for part two of the podcast, guys.